How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome in, Saints fans. Inside Black and Gold, Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, and we are prepared for a game day, actually. Someday in the Superdome, the Caesar Superdome. Got to give him the naming rights credit, obviously. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champs in town. Get to see a lot of uh, black and gold players in action that we've been anxiously waiting for during these training camp sessions. We'll get caught up on some news and then even get into some of the guys we are got that shine in the spotlight on for that game on Sunday. An indoor session just wrapped up today, Jeff, and definitely a lot more agreeable <laughs> Uh, and enjoyable to watch, not having to suffer the elements out in the heat. I, although, you know what? I'm sure everybody's sick and tired of hearing about the whining of how hot it is. Yes, uh, yeah, I was I was not planning to complain about the heat, but I can't help it if you always bring it up, Steve. <laughs> um, anyway, just kidding. Uh, but not not really. We're going to get into yeah, the spotlight players. We're going to pick some spotlight players, offense, defense to watch. That's going to be the third segment. In the second segment, we're going to break down some of the key takeaways from the first unofficial depth chart we got that over the last couple of days and there are some interesting things in there that are willing that are worth diving into so but this first segment yes news and notes the last time we talked to you it sure seemed like the saints were about to sign kareem hunt and anthony barr but wouldn't you know it they did not they got <laughs> out of town without contracts i imagine those deals are still on the table but who knows kareem hunt didn't actually work out he left he had a meeting and left um, the Colts were allegedly offering more money. I don't know. He didn't get a deal there either. So we'll see. The Saints and are continuing the to running work. back the Colts. They did sign a running back. I can't recall who it was, but you know they're gonna. The Saints are gonna continue working guys out. Reports are that Jalen Smith was in there today. I would imagine there were there were multiple players that they had in there working out. Um, so I'm sure we'll find that out by the time this podcast airs to make us sound uninformed. But that's fine. Uh, Jalen Smith, linebacker, we came up with the Cowboys, former Notre Dame. Guy played for the Giants last year. He was, he was pretty bad for the Giants, in my opinion. I I I don't think he's the answer for the Saints. I honestly don't think Anthony Barr was the answer for the Saints either. Everyone got really excited when they hear that name because it's a name they know. But guys, right. a lot these guys are still on the market for a reason. Like that's the thing. It's like 
Anthony Barr is not going to save the Saints season. Jalen Smith is not going to save the Saints season. These are depth signings, especially at this point in their career. So I think that's what always happens. We get these big names. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this guy. And then it's like, yeah, whatever. I will say I think the the Jimmy Graham signing is a little different just because, yeah, he was off the market last year and really was like, if I'm not going to play for the Saints, I'm not going to play for anyone kind of deal. So definitely interested to see how number 80 thrives in this offense because he's looked good so far in camp. But, yeah, not expecting those exorbitant numbers we're used to from the past. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's a fun story. It's worth talking right. about whether he contributes a lot or not. And he's looked solid. We've seen him catch a couple passes. He was active in the two-minute drills the other day, caught two passes in a row. Um, you know, he's just a guy who brings an element that no one else on this team does, which is that guy's 6'7". You can throw the ball up there, and he can go get it in a spot that other guys can't. And whether they're able to take advantage of that, it is something. It is a reason to have him on the roster, right? And then you look at some other guys, and she's like, eh, whatever. But let's move forward. One thing that's going to happen this week well, by the time you listen to this podcast, it probably has already happened. We're recording this on Thursday. Friday morning, the Saints will be practicing in the Superdome. It is not open to the public, but they are going to practice in the Superdome, get acclimated to the dome. There's a new turf in there. It's a different type of turf, which, you know, maybe it'll help mitigate some injuries. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how turf is different from turf, but it is a different turf. So they're going to get used to it and play there on Sunday. There will be a special attendee who, uh, you know, is in town for a very specific reason. Saints great, legendary Drew Brees, and he's got a pickleball tournament celebrity matchup against John McEnroe Saturday. But, yeah, he's in town promoting the first annual NOLA Pickle Fest, uh, something he's bringing to help bring to New Orleans along with some other folks. And, yeah, we'll be out there uh, during Thursday, Friday, sports talk, 4 to 8, checking things out. And, yeah, curious to see how it all unfolds. Uh, I have yet to play pickleball. Uh, I've, I'm a ping-pong player, and uh, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd try a, a doubles matchup against Drew. Yeah, see, I don't think I could deal with doubles pickleball. I would need to have singles pickleball because, like, yeah, you watch doubles, and it's just like they're literally just standing there going, clink. See, I can handle just the clink. standing instead of the little bit of running you clink. may have to do around. I just get, I'd get bored. It gets so anyway. The noise would also drive me insane. It was just like, like the, the you know the like Monty Python with the yeah. coconuts. That's what I always think of when I hear that. Just cluck, cluck, cluck. that will be um, something definitely. Uh, I'm interested to find out too because we're supposedly broadcasting right off of Championship Court there, so we're going to be hearing ooh. a lot of the. Yeah, you hear it in the background incessantly. I mean, it's just like a piercing click uh, that's just yeah, hollow. Anyway, it's 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 it is something. But yes, that is why Drew Brees is in town. You know, I don't know if he's going to talk at Saints camp. It'll be good to hear from him. Either way, you can listen to WWL. We will have him on twice. We'll have him on Thursday and Friday. So check any of those interviews out. He's our new pickleball correspondent. Yes. <laughs> he couldn't hack it as an NFL broadcaster, but he's going he's gonna to start the PNN, the Pickleball News Network. Yes, indeed. The pun. Anyway, going forward, speaking of someone else who's thriving – uh, Chris Olave, we've seen him, you know, Rashid Shahid has been out. So Chris has been getting a lot of targets over the last week. Rashid Shahid's dealing with a groin injury. So has Traquan Smith. So we've seen Derek Carr really go heavy to Chris Olave. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I expected this offseason in terms of, 
he was really good last year. He caught 72 passes, over 1,000 yards, I think four touchdowns, something in that range. You know, everyone's talking about how great Garrett Wilson was. I was watching Hard Knocks, and they were like, the Saints or the, the Jets drafted the best offensive and defensive rookie last year. And then Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, and I was like, that's debatable. That's not just a statement. Like, you're just you're saying that as if it's a fact. I mean, he had almost an identical season to Chris Olave. He was good. I think he gets credit because he was catching passes from Zach Wilson a majority <laughs> of the season or whoever it was, Mike White, right? Like the, So I give him credit for that. But Olave was dealing with Andy Dalton. So anyway. Say, yeah, we still have the Andy man over here, so still. Right. Anyway, like I think Chris Olave, I think, is getting overlooked in a lot of ways across the NFL. I think the Saints are getting overlooked in a lot of ways across the NFL. Now that Drew Brees isn't here anymore, Sean Payton isn't here, everyone's kind of just ignoring him. Um, but I think Chris is poised for a big year. I was talking to Bobby Hebert about this today and that I wouldn't be surprised if he easily leads this team in receiving yards. There is a scenario where Mike Thomas ends up catching more passes than Chris if Mike plays 14-plus games. But I think Chris, in the yards per catch advantage he's going to have, he could easily 1,400, 1,500 yards if things go the right way, if he stays healthy. Because the connection he's, seen, he's showing with Derek Carr already is impressive. Yeah, that's definitely looked really good in the early goings here. And I just, for me, we everyone seemed to talk about Olave's frame, not being a guy that can make those contested get catches. I won't say he's bulked up, but he's definitely maybe toned up. He, you know, he's got more muscle tone to him. And you see, you have seen more of those contested catches being made this camp. And that definitely makes me happy and will surely make this team happy as well, because you know, there were a few instances last year where you wished he just looked a little tougher. Yeah. I think he said he bulked up to about 187 last year. He's playing at about 180. And you know, okay. you don't like you talk about bulking up at the wide receiver position. You do have to be careful, right? Especially for a guy who's that smooth, whose main advantage is just quickness as opposed to maybe top end speed. Like he just gets in and out of his breaks really smooth. He transitions well. And that's how he gets open. So you don't want to sacrifice that for maybe a little extra bulk on your frame to help you in those instances. You got to, you got to split the difference there. And I think he has, we saw him in one-on-ones today. He caught all three of his reps, all three from Derek Carr, all three pretty much the same way. He was, you know, out running a guy to the corner of the end zone. The ball got laid over the top. And he just went up and got it. He snagged it. Late hands, went and got it. And that's the type of catch that I don't think we saw from him last year. I, and I make the jokes that Chris Olave is always open. And if you go back and watch his highlight tape, most of his catches, I'd say probably 90% of his catches last year, there was no defender anywhere near him to make a play on the ball. And you'd still like to see him make a lot of his catches that way. It's the 10% that you'd like to see where, okay, yeah, the, he didn't create five yards of separation. You just need a catch here go up and get it. And here's what, here's what Dennis Allen had to say on that subject when he got asked about it today. Yeah, look, I think it's been, I think it's been good. I think Chris is really coming along. I think he's improved a lot. You know, it's been good to see him make some of those contested catches that we've, we've talked about. He's still a great transitional uh, route runner at the top of the route. And I think him and Derek have, you know, gotten a pretty decent rapport. You know, I, I was talking to a few people about fantasy football kind of uh, stuff with the Saints. And to me, Olave and Taysom Hill are definitely the big buys for me that, on the team this year. I think, you know, we saw Taysom's involvement with this offense reach a, a high last season. I think he can even beat that uh, coming into the year. We talk, He's talked about, you know, being more of that receiving threat. 
And just with Olave, really excited to see that sophomore season. I'm expecting the surge, not the slump from him for sure. Yeah, I am curious to see where he goes in fantasy drafts. And, uh, you know, Taysom is interesting, mainly because you can play him at tight end. I don't know what to expect from him from an output perspective this year. Because even though I think he is going to have a a significant role, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense in ways that that was not the case last year, particularly in the run game. With Jamal Williams, you got to get him on the field. And they're trying to bring in a Kareem Hunt, right? If if they add another running back that's like, well, you're bringing him in because you're going to play him, you know? And then Kendra Miller, who I think has looked really good. I, I've been very impressed with Kendra Miller. And I just don't, the only question for me is how do you get him on the field? How do you get him a reasonable amount of snaps? So I just don't know. I think you're going to use Taysom Hill, but like, for instance, in the red zone, when you have Jamal Williams, are you going to lean on Taysom Hill the way you did last year? I I, I don't know. So that's, that's the question for me. But yeah, I will and, you, say- and you have a, a new big man we just talked about, too, with Jimmy Graham to throw into the end zone, too. He's a pretty good target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked to Taysom Hill today, and he does seem like he's a little more comfortable with his role, but at the same time, it's always changing. That's kind of the nature of his role, and that's what makes it so difficult to defend, is no one knows what it's going to be week to week. He doesn't know what it's going to be week to week, and that's, that's, that's kind of where you're at. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. But we here, here's what uh, Taysom had to say about when he was asked kind of if he has a clearer picture of his of his role in the offense this year. I, I don't know. I, I think the short answer is yes. Um, but I will say, like, even I go out to practice, and, and frankly, I still don't really know what I'm all going to do. Um, but I know I'll either be blocking, throwing, or, or running, or catching, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I, I look, I just... Uh, again, I think game plans change and guys get injured. And, you know, I just I suspect that throughout the season there's going to be, you know, just some of this stuff where maybe I have a few more carries. Maybe there's a game plan where I have a few more receptions and uh, maybe I throw it a couple more times and, you know, what we've done in the past. But I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of expect that and just stay ready, stay on my toes, you know. I like that. It's like, well, I'm going to be blocking, running, throwing, or catching. That's, <laughs> that's I know that. But that's – honestly, that's not even it because he's – so he got asked, was like, because Blake the other day when we talked to Blake Gilligan, he said he called him the best personal protector in the league, which he yeah. probably is. Um, and he was like, yeah, because any time we can run a fake, right? And that's – and the Saints didn't run any fakes last year with Taysom Hill. I don't think they ran a fake kick at all. And – so it's like, but, but the other team has to always be on alert for it because it can happen at any time. And so, you know, that's part of it. But I also think Blake was just saying like, yeah, he's, he's really, he's really good at it. Like he's a good, he's good at that job. He can relay information really quick, effectively because he's a quarterback. I just thought that was uh that was interesting. Uh, I, I love the, the, you should so far we've seen of Taysom, you know, the, the was talked about at least going into camp, wanting to be more of a receiver. And I feel like we have seen him catch at least more passes in camp so far. We'll see if that it, that translates to game days. He had one stretch a couple days ago in a two-minute offense right, right. that he caught four consecutive passes. I think – actually, I think it was five. He caught the last, he, the last pass yeah, on right. a Derek Carr set um, to set up a field goal. And then he caught the first four passes of the Jameis Winston set. So he got five consecutive passes, which it was like, is this called? Like, what is happening? Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, he's he's being involved. The funny thing with Taysom is he only wears one glove. 
because he's got the quarterback thing. And so that's not helpful. Like, you, like if he's, if he's going to be primarily catching passes, you would, I'd like to see him put on another glove. But if he did that, he'd probably kind of tip his hand that he's not going to be thrown. You know, so it's, it's kind of a... I do know. I just remember last year too. Taysom fantasy wise, you were all over that, and I know that paid off big time. It did. It did. Well, uh, it won me one week just specifically. I wouldn't say it was a huge boondoggle for me, but I did win that when they win week five because of him because he had four touchdowns that week, (laughs) and that completely like I should have lost that week, but I had my tight end got me forty points anyway. Moving on, so. One other thing we can hit quickly is the favorite thing I heard this week, and that is the term helicopter punts, because that is something that the first time I saw it in practice, I was like, what did he, I thought Blake Gillikin had missed. I thought he just like, he had just shanked it and it just came off like spinning wildly. And I was like, well, that can't possibly be what he was trying to do. And then he kicks again. He does the exact same thing. I'm like, well, I guess he is trying to do that. And uh, so I, I, I asked Blake earlier this week, you know, kind of what goes into adding things to your game? Because as a punter, you kind of look at it like, okay, I can punt really well. Like I do all of the things I have to do. But like how often are these guys like, how often is the meta changing, right? Like the most effective tactics available that's what that stands for like how often does that change because as a punter you know it used to be like coffin corner and used to do this now you're adding all this spin and trajectory and so i asked him about that and i thought his answer was really interesting new stuff that's come about the last couple years um guys are starting to hit helicopter punts yeah which are really tough to catch johnny hecker was the first to do it in the game you know plays for carolina so we see him twice a year and he's done it against us so just kind of trying to incorporate that in my game also whether we need it yeah, so you have your spiral punt, you have your end over end punt, which spins backwards. Yeah. Helicopter punt, you kind of drop sideways and it spins to the right. It's supposed to kick to the right. And those are really tough to catch for the returner because they go up this way and then snap back down at the end. So whether using that in a just a regular game situation or when we need a, a turnover on the punting, just kind of adding that to my arsenal has been kind of a focus this offseason. I thought that was interesting because a lot of times you watch a punter, you don't really think, okay, how is he punting it? And in this case, it's like, okay, well, we really need a turnover here. We're trying to make a comeback, so I'm going to kick this. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Wildly spinning helicopter ball that this guy's going to have to either try to catch or get the heck out of the way. And it's tough to get out of the way of because it's going to take this kind of crazy sideways carom that you can't really gauge. So it's just kind of interesting. And you know, I, th- I think uh, for Blake, you know, we talked about how one of the things he's working on this year is consistency. He admitted that there were points last year that he let the team down late in games. The game against the Bengals, I'm sure, is, you know, case in point what he was probably referring to when he said that. And, uh, he, you know, he dealt with injuries last offseason. He's feeling healthy now. So, you know, I don't think that that punter battle is much of a battle anymore. I think we've seen what we need to see out of Blake. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye out for for the helicopter, the helicopter punts. Cause the first time you see it, you're gonna be like, what the heck is that thing? It, cause it looks 
exactly like it sounds. It is just spinning horizontally like a like a top. Yeah, and like you re you really aren't used to seeing it. So like you said, you're like, oh man, he really must have hit that yeah, thing wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, interesting to find out. Obviously, Gilligan looking to add uh, uh, more and more to his bag of tricks too. Uh, you're always looking to learn. And uh, I, I would love to have some some turnover special teams as a result of that. That'd be pretty cool. Right. Well, you kind of think about, okay, what's an onside kick for the punter? I mean, it was just, just like yeah. a wild thing. Um, you know, it's funny because like stuff like that does change. Like there, there are tactics that occur to people that actually change the game a little bit. I bet again, I, I started watching hard knocks and then the first episode of hard knocks, they have this whole thing about no look passes and everyone's trying no look passes because Aaron Rodgers does it all the time. And he does it so subtly that you don't even notice it until you're like paying attention. Like, Oh, I guess he wasn't. Because Drew used to do that. Drew would do that, and he would never call it out. Uh, there was a, the game against the Lions in 2020. I remember spotting one where he was just – and it's easy to tell because you can see the lines on the back of his helmet. So you can tell where he's actually looking, and then he just goes, Drink. and he hit, throws it to Traquan Smith, just stayed it by himself. Um, and just, you know, stuff like that is, is fascinating to me. It's just very nuanced that you wouldn't even notice if you're just watching it on TV, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, why couldn't he field that punt? Oh, because he tried to catch it, and it was like. Anyway, you mentioned Traquan there. We didn't get into the the injury stuff at all, but yeah, he's still out. Um, Rashid Shahid, uh, Demario Davis, uh, Andrus Pete, of course. <laughs> yeah. What I will say is that the injuries that were the injuries that we talked about are still the injuries that exist, right? There are no right. new substantial injuries, which is a good thing. I guess Merritt leaving today, what was it, a hamstring, and he had been bothered by that before, so just something to look out for him. It's a, you're also talking about Kirk Merritt here. Like uh, I'm, I'm talking about know, starters. Right? I'm talking about Demario Davis, Rashid Jaheed. Those are the two that are actually concerning to me. Yeah, the headliners. Um, you know, uh, uh, your fifth-string running back, leaving practice early, that's not something that, you know, it's like, well, I'm rooting for Kirk. I hope he makes the team, but it's not something I'm like, oh, no, how are they going to possibly, you know, deal with it anyway? Because, like, if, if you end up having to start Jalen Smith instead of Demario Davis, that is a massive, massive difference. That is a massive blow if to you. We your don't want to even think about that. La, 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 la. I can't I hear you. Say, before we go, I will say I think DeMarco Jackson has looked solid. I haven't been ashamed of him as a player, right? Like, he, he looks like he can, he can do the job. I just, you know, he's effectively a rookie. He didn't play last year. And you don't want to trust significant snaps to that guy right away <laughs> or, or, or even in the season. Like you want him to be a filling guy. He did play well in coverage today. I saw him break up a pass to Michael Thomas. I think he's got good, good, a good skill set. I think, you know, maybe two, three years down the road and be like, Oh, maybe he's the starter, but I don't want that to be week one of this season. So yeah, those, those injuries are going to be something to watch. I'm still not overly concerned about it. We're still a long way away from the regular season starting when those games missed actually matter and those practice miss actually practices missed actually matter. But yeah, the, the injury bug is the injury bug. Yeah. And like you said, it, I don't think there's been anything too serious. Obviously we've, we've had a few guys that have, you know, got on injured reserve, but uh, thankfully none of the same, you know, all pro caliber, like a Demario Davis and what we're hoping we see from a Rashid Shahid who was looking so darn good before suffering that groin issue. And there's, you just, you know, those injuries can be a little temperamental. You don't want that to linger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, again, we're three weeks away still from, yeah. even, you know, close to a game week. So yeah. Uh, the, the worst thing you could do 
is bring a guy back when you are not com- confident they're 100 percent, and then they re-injure that and suddenly you're dealing with something a lot worse and i think that's probably what you're looking at with a traquan smith and a rashid jaheed and stuff like that we did see zion williamson working out <laughs> so, right it was like breaking pelicans news well i thought <laughs> When I saw him out there, I, I looked at him and I was like, is that a player the Saints are working out? What is going on? And they were like, oh, wait, it's Zion. He just looks like a football player because everything about him screams football player until you're like, wait, okay, yeah, he, he plays basketball. But he plays it like a football player would. <laughs> yeah, the, um, you know, the what's cool about the whole saints pelican setup it's like benson campus there basically because you have the two the two teams facilities right next to each other yeah it just makes it difficult to park sometimes because there's two teams trying to share no, you see the them. problem with the parking is some for some reason the players don't want to go into the gated player parking so they end up in the media lot and you can always tell oh because yeah, there's a exactly. big difference between a player's car and my car. <laughs> oh, that that wasn't your blue Bentley, Jeff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I left my Bentley at home today. I didn't want anyone to be embarrassed. But yeah, I believe that was Marshawn's Bentley. That's um, what I thought, too, because of Ohio plates. And I was like, that kind of swag seems like Marshawn. Yeah, like there was one, like there was this like palatial looking truck that pulled in. And I was just like, it was like a $50,000 truck. And I was like, that's not, yeah. And, uh, there's a player that's going to be climbing out of there. It was, Al, it was Alvin. It was just, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> he parks next to me, the, who drives a Chevy Spark, which is the smallest car you'll ever find. Uh, I joke too. I'm driving around in a 99 Camry. 99. Yeah. yeah, you can tell it. That is a very much a two decade old vehicle. Yes. I can, I can tell. I've been in it. <laughs> still drives. The engine works. And amen. The, the air conditioning still works too. Knock on wood. There you go. But all right, let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back and we're going to break down these Saints' first unofficial depth chart. What stands out? What to keep in mind? What battles to watch? That sort of thing. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Check us out on YouTube at WWL Sports. Check us out on Twitter at Saints underscore pod. I'm on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. He's at Steve Geller, WWL. The latest news and notes on the Saints can be found at WWL.com. And stick around on inside how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. 
So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.